Okay, welcome to the Node.js Query Show. This is a show where I talk to developers that are self-taught or have been to coding bootcamps and I find out how they've become successful. I'm joined today by my good friend Rick, who's a front-end developer from Australia. He's working now for Westfields Group, which is like a massive retail company. And yeah, Rick's going to be talking today about how he got into coding, his experience at Bootcamp, the transition from junior to senior developer, and lots more. But first off, I'd like to thank Startup Coffee for supporting this episode. It's the only coffee that's roasted exclusively for online startup founders, and it's ethically sourced specialty coffee roasted in small batches. It's brought to you by Ken Wallace, who's founder of Mastermind Jam. And there's loads of blends you can choose, like Gale's Death Ramp, which is intense dark coffee. I prefer something like the Bitstrap blend, which is a bit more mellow and has hints of caramel and chocolate. If you're in the US, you can order from startupcoffee.co and use the code NOSIESTEGRI for 10% off your first coffee purchase. So yeah, welcome to the show, Rick. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries, man. Um, So yeah, Rick is actually a good friend of mine who I know from Canberra, and we used to do lots of DJing together back in the day. I don't think we ever thought we'd be on a podcast talking about coding. (laughs) No, yes. (laughs) It's definitely a a change from when you were, uh, yeah, wearing a kilt behind the decks. <laughs> yeah, I think I did that once. It wasn't like a uniform or anything. That's, just, but, that's, that's my image of you now. Yeah, yeah cool. That's good. There's, yeah, that's a good image. Um, so, yeah, used to be that I knew you from DJing, but that was like many moons ago now. Um, how did you get into coding in the first place? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think that after the, where were we? We were in Canberra. I was studying business. I was sort of doing a bit of, I was interested a lot in, in, um, startups and small businesses and technical things and stuff like that. Um, definitely sort of like more of your basic sort of web stuff. Um, but then what really clicked for me was right after uni, I got a job, which was a terrible job. Uh, <laughs> and it was like, uh, you know, for, for basically no money. And it was like answering phones and answering emails and then like just sending jobs out to, to certain people. So it was like a communications job. Okay. Uh, and it was so terrible that like when I was there over the, the Christmas break and there was no one there, I was just like, no one was calling or anything like that. I was just, so, oh, I'm just going to figure out how to automate this because a lot of these emails are coming and they're all coming from a form. So they're all exactly the same email. Yeah. Um, so I sort of like got into, into the Python scripts. Nice. <laughs> figured, out, figured out some package which you could get from, you could read a Gmail account and then read that and then put that into an Excel sheet. And then, that, then I used a little automation thing to like, not like I didn't even use like an API or anything like that, even though there was an API. I just got like a little, got the, the cursor to move around the screen, click the right spot on the box <laughs> when it was like at full screen. <laughs> nice. And then that kind of 
changed from something that took me three hours each day to do it and did it in like six minutes or something awesome um <laughs> so after that i was hooked i was like ah okay that's awesome did you were you still like clocking then, in for like three or four hours just be like oh it's been yeah, a really long day doing all these emails <laughs> I was, and it was like, I got bored of that, so I started doing some, well, to be honest, I was just kind of teaching myself code at that point. Nice. Because I was like, I've got the spare time. Yeah. I tried telling my boss, and my boss just didn't want to hear it. I was like, I, I've done this thing, and I don't really need to do much work now. And he didn't want to, he didn't want to have a meeting or anything. He was like, oh, well, you know, we're doing like two weeks or something. I've made this thing that saves you like hours of time per employee. It's like, nah, we don't want to hear about that. So, um, but yeah, you did a degree in like, was it like business studies? I did. I did. I actually did, um, like it was a business degree and a minor in, um, psychology. So, oh, cool. so yeah. yeah, just to clarify that you weren't doing like CS or anything at, no. at uni. So. No, no, I didn't. I didn't do it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really expect myself to get into yeah. programming at all. Like that was not the part I was meant to, you know, I thought, oh, work for like an ad agency and like do it. I did my internship at a, at an ad agency in Bangkok actually, which was cool. Bangkok. Like, that's what I was going for after uni. I was like, Oh, I want to do that. That's so great. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, didn't work out. Yeah. Um, Fair play. But maybe, maybe I'm quite happy that it didn't. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I'm sure you are. So, um, once mm. you'd kind of like automated away your own job, so to speak, uh, and you discovered that like Python was really cool and that you really liked coding. What, uh, yeah. what was your like next step from there? After that, I started getting more involved with the innovation network. I had a friend who was pretty heavily involved with it. Um, so there was an incubator in Canberra that I ended up working for sort of indirectly, um, and slightly directly, but yeah. So I started doing some work from them and that sort of concreted more in my mind that I should double down on the programming. And that was because like every, I went in sort of, we were trying to like do it, we would do some like digital products for them, like do some like, like email, uh, email headers or something like that, or some of those things. And then we would sort of would do figure out, talk to some of like the startups and sort of figure out where they would want to go. And then they, we also were running like a, um, a program which sort of drew people into the network. And then, so from that, we're sort of talking to a lot of people who are doing startups and uh, doing these ideas, um, which was really cool. But like the number one thing that everyone needed was just, they needed developers, you know, they weren't enough. Um, so, you know, at that time when I was doing my little Python scripts and building like doing some SVG things and a bit of HTML here and there. I was, that's when I was like, ah, maybe I should really focus in on that. And that's when I decided to do the, um, the bootcamp. Nice one. Yeah. I think yeah. like we'll get onto that in a second, but yeah, I have noticed like, cause I run lots of like, uh, like job board newsletters and stuff like that. And mm. one of them like is kind of like, uh, for like fully remote positions and it's like remote companies.co. And if you want to check that out and when you feel like whenever I look at companies, they've always got like 
we're hiring like 20 developers and two marketers and like, I don't know, two accountants or two sales team. And there's like mm-hmm. the way, like the vast majority of jobs in tech, like are developers. So it's like, I think it's like a really, a further reason to learn to code because that's just where the jobs are more than, more yeah. than, more than any other aspect of like, uh, more than any yeah. other like division of companies, people are really wanting developers. Well, that's what, I mean, that's what they, is probably a, a pretty popular saying, pretty popular thing that people say anyway, that like, you know, 10 years ago, you had all these different companies, uh, they might be banks or, um, you know, whatever, whatever it is. But now like, you know, these days in 2021, Every, every every company is a tech company because mm. you know, their digital digital offering is such a major part of what they do now that every company is a tech company. Yeah. I don't know what it's like in Australia, but like uh, banks have terrible websites. Like every, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I think when I was in Australia, I did actually really like the kind of like design of Combank, like Commonwealth Bank. Uh, Com- Combank is like the leader for the digital banking i suppose yeah like it's number it's, it's actually quite good i'm, I'm with tom bank oh that's cool uh, yeah <laughs> um uh, but like banks here like when i use my uk mm. bank and i like um i know try and like click a button the whole website size is like okay i guess <laughs> we have to reload now <laughs> it's just like yeah it's just like Wow, it's oh, crazy. These companies make so much money and they just don't put any resources into making no. their websites like work. I, I did a year at a bank um, last two years ago. Um, or last year, I don't know. I've lost track of time these days. That sounds like a punishment, <laughs> like it's a sentence. Yeah. No, it wasn't too bad, actually. It was kind of, it was okay. Um, but, oh my God, there's so many layers of complexity to just like to get one thing moved from here to there. It's just like this, you have to go talk to their like team communicator to talk to their communicator. They're in different buildings. So it just feels like an offshore team. <laughs> it's just like, oh, God. it's uh yeah, it's, it's, they're massive. There's just thousands, you know, tens of thousands of people work for them. And yeah. Yeah. I can... and, and then the technology wise, you know, there's so many layers upon layers. Of like different subsystems and stuff. It's yeah, yeah, they're big. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of work. Um, so yeah, what um, how's your experience at the coding bootcamp you went to? Oh uh, yeah, that was that was really good. It was really good. So I kind of moved to Sydney um, from Canberra to do that, which was great because that meant that that's all I was doing. Mm. Um, so it really let me, like, even, you know, it's 40 hours a week um, for about for just under six months, including, like, an internship. Um, and then I would be doing stuff on weekends, so it would be, you know, 50-plus hours a week of just dedicating myself to, to doing um, web development, um, which, which was awesome, really. Like, uh, I mean... You know, if you clock that many hours in that amount of time, it's just like that hot housing effect that you get, uh, which is a very efficient way to learn, in my opinion. So do you really think, like, going all in and doing, like, 
48 yeah. hours a week is more effective than like say an hour each evening or something, you know? Yeah, I think it, I think it is actually, um, there's kind of two things. I mean, there's kind of, I guess you could say three, but two, there's two main things that, that like, that was great about that. And, and the first one was that hot housing thing where it's just, you know, you live and sleep code. And I think that some of the people who were also like, uh, working part-time or full-time, um, and trying to do the course. And then some people were studying like another course. Um, they ultimately didn't go as well as, as those of us who were, um, who were really just, just doing this, just doing the, the boot camp. Yeah. Um, so I think there's something to say about that. Um, and then the second thing is that you're surrounded by like 30 other people who are doing the same thing. Um, so, you know, that's kind of awesome because it's like you, you've, you for one have, 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 have a network of people who, who you can go to and work things out together, mm. um, and ask questions and, and whatnot. Um, but then also you end up with a little cohort that, um, you have at the start of your, your new career as well. So. I mean, I still see um, people from from my cohort uh, quite regularly. Actually, I went to one of their their weddings the other day. Wow! I was working alongside um, like a, one one of my friends who I met there. We went, we worked at that um, at Deloitte together for a year. So um, nice. So and and then people people are always sort of saying, "Hey, I've got this new job is going here," or these people are hiring and stuff like that. So. Um, so I think that's, that's really important, especially when you're, when you're entering a new career, you have a network already that networks can take a long time to, to build up and, uh, you know, computer programs aren't, computer programs aren't always the most social, so it can take (laughs) even longer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, you make a really good point. I think like that, um, yeah two of the best things about like boot camps do seem to be that kind of like getting joining a network already and also just the kind of hot housing effect of like doing mm. learning something really intensely like 40 hours a week or something um you're probably gonna like absorb it quicker than if it's just like i don't know an hour each evening you do after your day job or something um yeah 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 nice one um, so yeah, what was your experience of like getting your, your first job, um, as a developer? Like, yeah, I mean, that one was, was okay. I sort of did an internship and, uh, and they hired me. So I worked for them for a little while, um, which was okay. And, um, and then I ended up working for, um, a startup, oh, yeah. um, which was, which was pretty cool. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, and that was through a friend of mine, actually, through uh, our friend Vinny. Oh, no, nice was looking for. Uh, so that that was quite good. And then, but I sort of been doing some of that smaller stuff, this smaller um, scale uh, things. And so then after that, I, I, I ended up getting a job at, at Deloitte Digital, which were doing very large things. Mm. Um, 
and that and that was really a great great step for me because it was giving me exposure to something that to you know writing programs that's going to scale that for for millions of people rather than you know maybe tens of thousands yeah nice one um so yeah i guess people uh listening or watching in america might not be familiar but like deloitte is like a huge company they're like the kind of big oh they're they're in america oh yeah sorry sorry (laughs) i'm just like yeah (laughs) Sorry, Americans. Um, but yeah, they're like a huge company. So it's like, yeah. I guess. In the... I think they employ like 400,000 people. All right, we get it, Rick. I was wrong. We <laughs> 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 employ like 3% of the world's population. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a big it's a big deal to work for them. So like, um, what was the interview process like for them? I, I should say as well that I didn't actually know who they were bef- before I started working. <laughs> Thank you. I had I had this amazing amazing thing when I was looking for a new job, and I sort of got them a bit confused. Um, so I remember I was at the pub. And I was talking to uh, my friend Terry, and he's like, oh, so what places are you going for? I'm like, oh, yeah, there's, like, there's this thing, and then there's, like, a fintech startup called Deloitte, and then there's this other one. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> it's not a startup, man. You should probably look into that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, um, I got there, it's got, like, views of the opera house. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Harbour Bridge is like it's massive building. Oh my god! What they're uh, doing very well for yeah. a startup. <laughs> yeah, I think my, I've got a similar. Story. I haven't told many people that. I've got a lot. <laughs> You're just telling like a whole YouTube and podcast channel now. <laughs> so yeah, I guess one of my favorite favorite like career stories around that was like someone. Like, yeah, someone, I just saw this on Twitter one time, but someone had gone for a job with, like, eBay, and they were, like, in, I think as a developer, and they are like, in the, like, elevator. And, you know, when you're, like, on the elevator up, you're doing the kind of, like, small talk with, like, people that are showing you around and stuff. And this person was like, oh, so have you, like, have you used, like, eBay much already yourself? just, you know, for, like, selling your own stuff. And the person's like, oh, no, I wouldn't trust, you know, selling stuff online and, like, all the scammers and stuff. You're just going to get scammed, aren't you? <laughs> it's just like, uh, yeah, <laughs> welcome to eBay. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's a great first impression to me. Perfect. Anyway, um, yeah, so you, what kind of, so, yeah. You're doing like cons- so, you're yeah. doing consulting at Deloitte, which is I guess quite different from what a lot yeah. of developers do. So can you tell us like what was consulting like? Yeah, sure. I mean, as far as getting the interview into mm. it, um, it was a uh, it was not. It's actually quite interesting because like that sort of startup experience that I had had, they were really keen on because uh, they were like, oh, that's, that's really interesting. We usually just get like people from like big banks or corporates and stuff. Nice. So they were like, and that was the first time that happened. I was like, what? You actually want all the, like the little, yeah. <laughs> little the, stuff? And they're like, yeah. yeah the edgy startup <laughs> person like pays off. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah so that that was really interesting um but once you once you got in there they did sort of have a bit of a startup vibe um but then it was like sort of housed within uh like the whole deloitte ecosystem which was you know really big um <laughs> so they they you know so they have a full service agency uh, which is which is good um and then they can obviously pull from like much larger clients than than uh, a smaller agency or something like that because you know they have the, they have that infrastructure to to be respected enough to take on, on that sort of thing. So, yeah. So so yeah, it was um so consulting. Yeah, interesting place. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you run us through like because uh, like we'll get onto it in a bit, but now you're in a kind of like. I guess, traditional, like, product kind of environment where, you know, yeah, mm, you're working mm. on, like, a company's own, like, mm. code and stuff. But can you yeah, yeah, moved again. run us through, like, a typical situation? Was it kind of like, I know, we're Coca-Cola, we're launching a new website, can you make it for us? Was it that kind of stuff or not really? There were, I was lucky enough to be, to work on a lot of greenfield projects. Mm. Um, so a lot of it was sort of, hey, get us started on this and then we'll take it over. Okay. Um, or it might be, hey, we'll just build this little section of it. We're growing really fast and we've got like, when I was working for, for one of the big banks, um, that, that was the situation there that were like, we're scaling up this, we don't have enough resources for it, so we're just going to get all these consultants in to, to build little parts of it. Um, so, but then sometimes you were jumping on like a legacy project that, and just figuring out a bug mm. you know, for, for a, week, a week or so, which was really interesting. And I think that one of the good things about consulting is that you are sort of jumping around different projects. So whether you're starting new projects, if you're lucky, but if you're if you're just jumping to different projects, you still get to see a lot of different code bases okay. at different stages in their life, um, which which is like really interesting. Yeah, and you you get and and it's a lot more client facing as well. So you get to do you get to talk a bit more to the clients. And nice one, especially on um, smaller projects. Cool. And um, yeah, I guess there's quite a lot of like uh, novelty there, where you're like going into different projects and seeing different code bases, like you say, so mm. it's not just like yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Over and over. It, can be, it can be quite fun. I, I remember I had to jump on one project and it was in, in Vue. Okay. And the whole thing was about um, about three weeks. About, they were getting to the end of financial year. They wanted to add a new feature in three weeks to spend some of their budget. Um, so they got us in and I'd never done Vue before ever. Okay. <laughs> So I had like three weeks to like learn a whole new framework, figure out like kind of a bit of spaghetti code, which the uh, the previous developers had left. Yeah. So there were like no help to have like a proper handover or anything, and you had to figure it all out and and then and then implement a whole new like a new feature set uh, in three weeks. It's like oh my god, good job, good job, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was kind of fun. Though. I seem to remember though that you were doing like, so you live in Sydney, but I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're kind of like, they would like put you up in the hotels and like Melbourne and stuff like that. And yeah. 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 Um, so 
because it's sort of like a national company, they sort of just will move resources around where they need them. Mm. Um, so I was jumping on a whole bunch of Melbourne stuff. Um, actually, that one I just mentioned was in Melbourne. And so, yeah, they, they would fly you down and you'd stay in at like a five-star hotel and you'd, you know, get flown down and get all those status points. <laughs> um, and then, and then, and then, when I, and then I got like a full-time, like a nine-month project. It would have been a 12-month project if COVID didn't hit, but it was a nine-month project. Um, yeah, in Melbourne. So I was basically just flying down there and just living in the Hyatt, which is amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. It's such a perk. Like, it's a huge perk. Yeah, that sounds pretty amazing. Really nice. Um, yeah. Seeing as you were getting put up in five-star hotels, uh, why did you leave that company? Ah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think that I'd sort of... Uh, I'd, I'd been in the consulting game for for a bit at that at this point, um, and what I hadn't done is sort of been on on a on a permanent project team. So not just jumping in from one project to the next, but actually being in like a very large project and sticking with that and and figuring out how that large product side of things works. Mm. Um, so that's that's something that I knew that I was I was sort of missing a bit. Um, so that, that sort of was one of the intrinsic reasons why I, um, why I left to do that. Yeah. What's the um, extrinsic reason in the form of, <laughs> there's like, always some extrinsic reason. In the form of a big bag of money, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's always some of that. Um, so I'm, I'm contracting at my current role and the co- contracting rates are a lot better than other rates nice. than like, you know, working, working for a company. Yeah. And, and with consult consultancy as well, it's sort of, you are the product you see. So it's like, you know, if you like, you know, if you get billed out for, you know, $1,200 or $2,000 or whatever it might, might be, then they have to sort of make money off you and then pay you like less and stuff. But, if you're a product company, um, you know that product that you're working on might be make might you know be worth a hundred million dollars a year or ten million dollars a year, or yeah. whatever it is. So that uh, you're not your time is not directly uh, related to um, your uh, billable price, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I mean, you know, there's a bit of that, but. Yeah, I think, yeah. So contracting rates are generally quite good, but you don't get any, like, career progression yeah. and stuff. You don't get, like, mentorship and yeah. sick leave and such such as that. Yeah. But so my plan at home is to do this for, for a year and then make a decision after that. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess there's kind of, like, um, I think that's pretty similar the world over. It's like if you're a full-time employee, mm. you get like pension or like supers, you call it in Oz, yeah. and um, get all these kind of like uh, in-work benefits, but you have a lower salary. No one, no one, and, no one, yeah. 
And no one lets you live in a hotel, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and, yeah, and if you're, like, a contractor, you get paid lots more, but you, like, lose out on things like pension or 401, 401k in, in the States or, like, uh, lots of other benefits, and you have, like, less security. So, like, I know lots of people that are just on, like, really well-paid, like, six-month contracts and stuff. But obviously, for some people, uh, they don't want the kind of like, you know, they prefer just a stable, I'm always going to get paid the salary. Um, but, yeah. But yeah, it depends what your interests are, I guess. Yeah, that's right. And, and if you're so, you know, climbing that career ladder as well, you know, and you want to get um, somewhere in your late stage career, um, you know, you, you if you do consulting, you know, potentially um, sacrificing some of the opportunities for, for a late stage career. But yeah, that's true. I'm that's pretty true. not not too worried about that at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, um, yeah. I was kind of wondering if we could talk about how you've kind of felt going from being like a junior developer, because I guess to mm. going from a junior developer to a senior developer, because I guess so many people uh, are learning to code and they want to get in there and they get in there and they've got the junior developer position. But then after a few years, they're kind of like, oh, I have to like, it's like a different job. I have to be a senior now. So how did you kind of mm. manage that kind of change? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I guess it kind of depends a little bit on what you define as a senior developer. I mean, there's, there's a, there's kind of two different types. I think there's those who like are technically very well versed and, and will know like, um, the code and the language and the tools like in and out. Um, and they know how they operate at scale and they, they can deliver like, uh, all sorts of things. And then there's other senior developers who are more like, uh, you know, maybe better at like uh, code reviews or teaching other people or like mentoring um, and then communicating to like uh, the rest of the team or the, or the different parts of the team as well. So that can still sort of be a senior developer, I, I believe. Um, there might be two different trajectories mm. after that, perhaps, you know. Um, Perhaps one of them is more of a specialist route and another one is more of a generalist route. But, but I, I think that that ultimately those two things are, are still very important. And I, I still see senior members of, of my team maybe lean in one, one way or the other. Um, so having said that, like, you know, there's a, there's a certain expectation as a senior that, that you aren't going to need a lot of you're not not going to need like mentorship or something mm. like that to get the job to get the job done, and that you're probably going to have come across you may you may have come across the the problem before, but you you will you know you can figure out the solution. Yeah, are you um, or not? So, have you done any like uh, mentoring of like junior developers or anything? Yeah, I mean, not in my current role so much. Um, but I mean, I was definitely in my previous role. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Which is something I, I really enjoy because I, I like to sort of give presentations and, and workshops and, 
and things like that. Uh, with a bit of an attention. Safety, I remember so. our DJ going, like, I would never go on the mic, and you'd go on the mic and have, like, <laughs> do the delay things and just, like, the delay uh, pedals. Yeah. It's like, it's almost anything, anything, anything. anything. And just, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But, yeah, you weren't yeah. you weren't reticent about getting on the mic, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, micro- the microphone effects are there to be used, you know. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> then if they weren't, they wouldn't be on the mixer. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, that's not- um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, the, the one thing that was good about some of the consulting things was because you were jumping from project to project, you know, sometimes I'd be jumped into the project and I'd be the only developer on it. Um, so you're kind of in that, like, sync or sync, I mean, float, Sink or sink? Um, <laughs> That's really a negative way to swim, swim or sink. Sink or swim? Yeah. Sink or sink. Sink or swim. Like not very good chances. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. That's uh, good, man. Uh, sink or swim. Oh. Yeah, sink or swim. So you kind of, uh, I think you have that that pressure to to deliver. Mm. There, it sort of really helps for when you're jumping onto for doing more senior stuff, I think. Yeah. I guess we've not really talked so much about what your, what like frameworks or libraries you use. So are you like, am I right in thinking you're a React guy mostly? I was a React guy mostly. Okay. So I was, um, I guess, sort of more of a functional front end developer. Mm -hmm. Um, Somewhat. Although I love, I love CSS and, and HTML and, and everything like that. Um, that's kind of what drew me to uh, web development was was to be able to just like create a design and, and then build it. Um, but uh, definitely sort of moved into, I became a React specialist, I suppose. That's really where I was, what I was loving a lot about the front end. So that sort of puts you a bit more JavaScripty. And now, um, for the last six months at this new job, been uh, like kind of full stack. Like I've been writing SQL, which I wasn't too stoked at. Um, All right. But now I'm just like, oh, we'll just do it. <laughs> um, so and and the and I guess that's that's sort of just becoming. You know, it's more of just becoming a JavaScript developer. Mm. And then you know, if, if the back end's in in Node, then really like you can jump between the front and the back and, and all the, you know, all the way to the, and even the SQL is kind of easy because it's like in, it's in a JavaScript wrapper. What, what have you, you got against this, SQL? So. I just don't, I just don't know it very well, to be honest. Like I, I sort of, I sort of protected myself. Well, when I got into, back in, back when I was doing the boot camp, we, Learned Mongo. Oh yeah. Um, I think we may have learned a little bit of SQL, but we kind of learned Mongo. Um, at that time, Mongo was sort of taking off and being like, "Hey, it's like JavaScript everywhere, like JSONs mm. in the in your database, and then you know everything in the front." And then, and then Mongo sort of. I mean, it's still really popular, but um, I think uh, 
I think SQL kind of started doing embedded JSONs, and they're like, if you want JSON, we can put JSONs in it. You know, it's not a big deal. Like reasonable person, it's just like, yeah, it's like, why didn't you ask for JSON? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen. So it's funny though because I see lots of bit camps teach Mongo, but from what I guess <laughs> I see, more like SQL used more in the real world. Yeah, I haven't seen Mongo used in in many many projects. Mm. Really, I'm um, not that I've been looking for it, but. Uh, but yeah, generally people just stick to SQL really because it's just so well known. Yeah, it works really well. So, <laughs> uh, but for all my all, all my little side projects and stuff, I, I've been using Mongo for the last you know forever now. So it's like, so I've just been avoiding SQL even for my like side projects. Um, Fair point. So, <laughs> so then when I, when I have to get on, you're like, ah, my god. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, it's really well documented. And even like the language is like, it just reads very easily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's kind of like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not so bad. I mean, I've done a little and it's always kind of like, you know, insert name into table and blah, it's pretty yeah. straightforward. Um, yeah, it seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah. So, it's just so like confident. select this from that, where, that, yeah. sort by ascending. I was like, okay. There's sure. bigger problems in the world. <laughs> <laughs> than having to escalate how it Yeah. <laughs> Anything but that. Um, yeah. I do, yeah. I do kind of realize we've really annoyed anyone that pronounces it sequel. So there's going to be like half, <laughs> half the people listening or watching this. They're like, no. And so, yeah. <laughs> So SQL is for one more time. <laughs> yeah. It's the right way. Um, yeah, SQL. Uh, um, what uh, what advice do you have for people that are like wanting to learn to code? Oh, right. Um, Big question. I guess it depends a little bit where where they're at. Um, if they're looking to like code as a job, and they want to do it as quickly as possible. I would definitely recommend a um, a boot camp uh, just because it worked out really well for me. Um, but uh, you know, if if you're maybe not planning to jump into it straight away, then uh, there's a lot of good online resources as, as well. But that's no, um, just as like a yeah. devil's advocate, I guess like. Uh, if you're just doing like online resources, I guess you it's like a lot cheaper and mm. it's like you can like I guess like choose exactly what interests you. So I guess there've been some boot camps in the UK that I've looked at, but I'm like I don't really want to learn that stack or whatever. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, obviously, like I'm not. Yeah, obviously it's worked for you well. So, do you think you think it's work like definitely worth the price and everything? Yeah, I mean it, it's quite expensive. Um, I ended up putting mine on on Hex, which is kind of a, I don't know what the UK equivalent is. Yeah, it's like a um, kind of like student loan. 
Yeah, like a student loan yeah. thing that the, the government um, kind of gives you a no interest loan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which I'm going to be paying that off for ages. Yeah. Now, plus, plus I did a uni degree, which I didn't use. Oh, well, when, um, when you're at like five star hotels in Melbourne, I think you can kind of be mm. like, oh no, my hex bill is so big. It's like, I would, I would take that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. It's better than uh, working in that communications job, that's for sure. Yeah, 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 definitely. The the path you could, oh my God. The path you could have taken mm-hmm. if you just stayed in there. Imagine if you hadn't automated that Python script and you're still mm-hmm. like yeah. doing checking emails or whatever. Exactly. Um, but, 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 you know, I know, I know people who, you know, haven't done bootcamp and they're, and they're great programmers, you know. Um, it's just to sort of like, how do you get that, that in into the industry? Because it's not like a lot of companies want to hire a junior programmer, you know? Right. It's, and, and that is because it's like, well, you know, if you're paying them, you know, you know to, to the gym, maybe say like 55, 60K or something. Yeah. Australian dollars. I don't know. But uh, anyway, you have to pay you have to pay them and then they don't really know anything. So you have to kind of teach them as well. Right. Know? So it's like it's not that they don't know anything. They might be quite good, but you st- definitely will have to have to teach them stuff. So you kind of you have to pay them and then they so they cost a lot of money and they cost money to train and then they just leave leave once they know some stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean <laughs> go find a bit go find a better company. I think that's probably the same for all millennial employees. It's kind of like we don't, no one wants to work for a company for 40 years anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone just works for two years or whatever and then leaves. So, yeah, but um, yeah. I should say as well, I've got a job board, which is nocsok.com, mm. and I share, like, positions for people so what's- that are... What sort of jobs do we have there? Loads of jobs, Rick. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> for, um, yeah, just like self-taught and bootcamp students. So, like, there are companies that are hiring those people. But I guess, like, mm. so I make this, like, newsletter and it's sent out so anyone subscribed to that can get these positions because otherwise it is a bit of a pain because there's a real mix. Like, some companies are, like, you know, we want a CS degree and some are a lot more forward thinking and they'll take some, some of them still want a bit camp. Some of them don't mind and we'll have like self-taught people. Um, mm. But I think it's about, it's about getting past like the test. You know, mm. if, if the, if the company has like a good junior test and, uh, and they can filter people out based off that, that often like, it, it ends up you end up being like very very valuable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, do you, do you find that a lot of the companies posting uh, jobs have have like what sort of criteria are they selecting? Or? Um. Yeah, it's a really good question. I guess um, they. I mean, there will be technical tests. They just. But I guess like seeing like uh, like side projects or like I guess number one would be having like a GitHub profile. So people can mm-hmm. see your code and see what projects you've done. Um, but yeah, I guess 
I know a lot of people that personally are really looking for enthusiasm. So I guess they want someone that's really into coding and that will enjoy the job. Mm. And I think like, obviously like intrinsic motivation is really powerful. And I think most, this is kind of a wider issue, but I think most companies want to hire people that want to do the job rather than mm. just want stacks yeah. of money because there's other jobs that yeah. pay stacks of money or, you know, mm. or you might be having, I don't know, if you've got an employee and it's like a really hard week for the company or stuff like that, you kind of need that kind of desire to want to be there to stick it out. Yeah. I think. I think, I think that's a really important trait for, I think it's kind of why developers are kind of developers in a way. They love, they really get into those kind of problems and, and issues and things like, and you just can spend like all night ha happily, you know, happily hacking away on, on trying to get, um, you know, a component sitting right and, mm. and all those sort of uh, little, little tasks and, and challenges that, that appear with, with programming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I guess like, mm. so like getting your hands dirty with code and like making your own projects and stuff would be something that you recommend. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, GitHub's such a good way to do it as well, because especially if you're, if you're already working on something on GitHub with other people, that's probably a massive win um, mm -hmm. as far as like a hiring manager is going to see. Because how would you get into doing that exactly? Well, there's loads of, you know, there's loads of open source projects. Um, even if you just jump on and, you know, alter the readme or something like that, you know, like at least you're kind of like part of it. Um, and you can sort of see how a team's going to operate and you might get invited to their, like, um, you know, some of their, their meetings and, and sort of see that, see their boards and their ticket boards or that, how they might set something up and then how PR reviews happen and, um, what sort of thing happens along their pipeline for, for merging a, a PR and, and just getting involved on, on that level because at the end of the day, like, you know, you're only writing code maybe half the time, you know, maybe less. And then the rest of the time is is is, is doing reviewing code and talk, talking about code and and then, um, you know, and planning it and stuff. So um, plus I have interest, like, what kind of age are the people that you work with? What's well, like the oldest person? If you, <laughs> I mean, you know. I'm not, I'm not sure actually. But I mean, in consulting, it was like I think half the people in consulting were under thirty. Why? Wow. Um, I'm just on the other side of thirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but now in the product company that I'm working for now, uh, it's. It's um, it's, it's probably it's, it's definitely older than that at least. Um, you know, more people have families and, and other other priorities like that. Yeah, sure it is. Um, yeah, um, but uh, it's a bit of a range, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the oldest people. I'm not sure who the oldest people are. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. I know it depends. I guess maybe it's more. Uh, 
more of a like Silicon Valley thing where like everyone's super young and it's like, Ooh, you're 25, mm. you know, but old for like startup stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's maybe more like of a Valley thing. So it's not such a big deal, like around the rest of the world. Um, but yeah, where, um, the same feels like a very formal question, but like where, I don't want to say where do you see yourself in five years time, but like, what's the, where do you see the kind of like evolution? Cause you've done like consulting and now you're like senior developer in a product role. Yeah. Uh, what would you, yeah. I guess, what would you like to go into in the future? Yeah. I mean, it's a good question. Um, because obviously I'd probably I'd probably stay with this current role for at the moment, but then like looking to the future, you want to make sure you're getting the tools to, to right, move in the right direction. You don't want to do the same job, you know, five, five years or 10 years in a row. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, you want to be doing like building towards something. And cause otherwise you end up just doing the same year, 10 times. No one doesn't really give you a, a great breath, breath of experience. Um, so for me, the moment is kind of to look, looking at how can I do like sort of system architect things. So how, do, how can I communicate things at scale to people, you know, building, uh, building diagrams and state charts um, that are easily communicated to non-technical people and, and can be, you know, be used as a, as a great technical uh, diagram for, for building systems and things like that. Um, and that's something I'm, work, I'm working on at the moment. Um, so that system architect sort of uh, role is very interesting. Um, but then there's, you know, there's another role as well, which is sort of stepping back from tech a little bit as well um, and focusing more on like the management of teams and, and whatnot. Uh, not, you know, and you could always take a, a step into like becoming like a product manager or something like that. Sure. Um, or, uh, yeah, those, those sort of lines, I think can be quite interesting. Uh, I like dealing with people. So there's, um, there's definitely, uh, an attraction to, to being more of a manager, uh, a technical manager of, of some description, yeah. but, um, but also I think that, uh, yeah, there's, uh, sort of some of these architect stuff is very interesting as well. So. Cool. So you did an interview before for the like my website, which is nocsdegree.com. And in that, I think you're talking about doing like side projects, like you've done stuff with like the Spotify API and like getting uh, PPMs. Yeah. That, like, a, that's like an, maybe an old project now, but like. Um, it's funny you mentioned it because it, it kind of was a bit of an old project, but I restarted it. I, re, I got back in. Nice, nice. Um, uh, what? Yeah. Oh, well, um, so I actually, I've done a couple of different, um, side projects, mainly most of them are just for fun. Like, sort of like I had like a party and I like a badminton party and I like made a website and then it had like, you know, you put in your details and it creates like the ladder for it. Nice. <laughs> just like fun, just fun stuff like that. And then like in lockdown, I was sort of like, um, doing like a word generator thing for, for a Pictionary and and things like that, which is uh, kind of a fun, cool. like fun projects. But uh, the Spotify one, actually, I I bought the domain rectify.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. 
So you can go to that now, and it's got, like, a whole Spotify clone there. Um, but it's also got, like, a playlist sorter, which is really cool. I'm really proud of nice. that. Um, so tell what so, does it do exactly. <laughs> so it takes your playlist, and it's got all these, like, audio features in the background. So you can sort your playlist by, like, BPM or, like, um, the Camelot scale. Do you know that thing for, like, mixing in mm, key? Yeah. Um, so I, like, put that into it, and you can... And you can do it by danceability, energy, like happiness. Um, so you can sort all this stuff. And it's like, as a DJ, you can basically get like all these um, tracks, like all your playlists sorted by these like um, fancy audio features that Spotify uses yeah. uh, in, in the background, which is really cool. And then I've got some new features, which, I'm, which I want to, which I've almost implemented. So I'll let you nice know. Nice one. Nice one. But that's, more of around like a party playlist sort of thing. Cool. Crank up mm-hmm. the danceability. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because you can get like your top tracks. So you can kind of get like your top 50 tracks for the, like the last year or six months or a couple of weeks or something. So my, what I'm trying to do now is like I invite you to a group and then you import your top tracks and you combine it with my top tracks. Uh, and then we can like sort by dance ability. We can have ourselves a dance party with Pete and Rick's top tracks, <laughs> which is a great, great way to like, you know, cause you, you're often at people's houses or, or at a party or something and everyone wants to listen to Spotify, but no one likes the other people's music. Well, it's like, well, it's just what if there was a way to combine everyone's yeah. tracks. That's nice. That sounds really good. But I've been, I've been telling people that I'm going to do that way more than I've actually done it. So I've got to actually, I've got to like a, join the club. I've got to, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. I mean, I love that you bought a domain and used it because there's a lot of domains in my like name cheap. Like been buying inbox. too many. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so bad now. Like a year or two, I just like. I think one time I saw on Twitter, someone was like, oh, I feel really bad. I've got like seven domains. I'm like, I've got like 35. <laughs> just like, yeah. just like, you, might, you might have a few. Yeah, like, my level. <laughs> Definitely but, something like that. Yeah, it's, for anyone listening, it's probably a good idea that you make your project first and then buy the domain <laughs> because contrary yeah. to popular perception, yeah, there aren't like thousands of people looking at the domain that you want right now, and I don't even think like and a domain really matters that much. No, probably not. And also, like now, there's so many like cool domains anyway. Like I was looking through all these domains the other day with a friend, and like you know, some of them there's so so many good ones. <laughs> Did you know, like? <laughs> Do you know, like, you know, like, photos.wedding is available for, like, a hundred bucks? Oh, wow. Someone's definitely going to, like, like watch or listen to this and then just grab <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying Ooh. to think of, like, I mean, I need to sell some of mine. But, um, yeah, there is a cool one, which was someone bought uh, this. I think he's got onions.com. And he got, he did this like viral post on Hacker News where he wrote mm. like 
this is like a perfectly worded like entry on Hack News. Uh, it's just like I I sell yeah. onions on the internet, and he's not <laughs> going to click on that. And yeah, take him take you to this link. And yeah, this guy uh, Peter Askew, I think, is how you say his name. He yeah, he actually buys domains that are like that, like wedding photo and stuff like that, or just like onions.com. And it's funny because the way he, this is a massive tangent, but he creates businesses after he's got the domain. And now it's like (laughs) wedding.photo. Right, ooh, I better make a website about Mm. wedding photos or something like that. So yeah, instead of being like, oh, I really want to make this, like this is my vision and it's going to change the world. He's just like, now (laughs) what's the cool domain that's available? And then he like, I love. I kind of love that approach. Yeah, I do. I do too because it's quite refreshing and it's quite different. And it's not someone, I guess, lots of people, including myself, kind of like, you know, overanalyze or like micro plan ideas before creating them and stuff. So it's quite funny to see someone say onions dot com. Yeah, I reckon I can make a business around that. (laughs) That's all. And. I think it, having the domain is it is always a good motivation, though. Like, it's um, not. <laughs> I like, disagree. And then I think I, I mean I had this badminton party, and I bought like badmintonparty.com. <laughs> what did you make? And then I and then I was so excited that I like, like threw up a little thing on it. And invited a whole bunch of people. They're like, oh, come And then I'm like, oh, no, now people like are going to go to this website but actually make it work. And- <laughs> it's good. If you, and, you if you get a domain and actually use it, fantastic. But I think it's just there's yeah. – uh, I think there's, there's definitely some kind of psychological effect that you care more about losing something than acquiring it. So – if you mm. already have something in your possession, you care more about it than if you don't have it and you want to acquire it, basically. So it's why kind of mm. like, you know, say you've got like loads of books, you don't want to throw them out, but you might not buy those same books if you didn't have them. You see what I mean? And definitely the same goes with domains because when it comes to renew them, you're like, oh, I can't, re- I can't like let that one go. It might be like... <laughs> Like, yeah, click renew, and it's like, oh, I wonder how these domain companies have so much money. It's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but although maybe, like, maybe there should be a rule, like, on a book that, like, if you haven't read it in like a year or two, <laughs> it should expire, and you should, uh, and then and you should have to give it to the library, or something. yeah, let's enforce <laughs> that tomorrow. Um, yeah, I yeah. do think. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think like Marie Kondo, but for domains, if it doesn't spark joy, then just like uh, yeah. don't renew it. Um, <laughs> nice one. Uh, but then, but then, of course, like you never, they always just renew it automatically anyway. Nah, I don't know. I've, I mean, it just it just comes up as a bill, and you're like, oh. nah. I, I, I think of I let my domains expire now, and I think of it like as like. I know, like a branch floating down a river away. It's like, it's fine. <laughs> like, bye bye to me. And it wasn't meant to be. And um, yeah, it just flows away. 
Well, yeah, it's great chatting to you today about coding and getting into being a developer. Cheers for the chat, man. Take it easy. Cool. All right. Thanks, mate. Cool.